Hello, Stephanie. Hello. Welcome to Gigi in the 561. Everyone, I want you to know I have a very special guest with me today, Stephanie Owitz. And I hope I said that last name correctly, Stephanie. You have. Okay, thank you. Uh, She has um, quite a story that she is going to share with us. Things that have gone on in the world during the pandemic and where we are right now. Um, Stephanie is the Director of Arts and Cultural Learning um, at the uh, Adolph and Rose Levis Center. And Stephanie, I want you to uh, elaborate on your title just a little bit more, and then I have some things I want to say about you. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me to speak about this subject that's so near and dear to my heart, so I appreciate that. Yes, I am the Director of Arts, Culture, and Learning at the Adolph and Rose Lettuce Jewish Community Center. The Sandler Center is the adult programming arm of the JCC, and we do a ton of cultural arts and adult educational programming here, and prior to pandemic, we did all of that in person live and of course during the pandemic we like everybody else had to figure out a new way to connect with our community and did a ton of virtual programming so now we're at this point where people are starting to get ready to come back out and we are returning to a combination of live and virtual programs well your story is is really very fascinating uh, and, and so much I want to get into you and and a couple of other people that are involved, one in particular. Yes. But about you personally, when I was doing my research, I I tried to, to to take a little dive down before I into my my topic before I have a guest. Uh-huh. And one thing that I liked very much when I was researching you, it's a few words, but it really spoke to me, and I think it says a lot about you. And it was on your Facebook page, and it says. There is a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. And that is by Mr. Leonard Cohen. And that stood out to me in a way that was was huge because there's so much truth in those few words. I like that. Oh, my. That. Well, I'm, I'm delighted that you picked up on that because that really has been sort of my guiding principle, I think, throughout my life, but especially during this pandemic which has been such a difficult, difficult time for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where, you know, there's a crack in everything. That's where the light comes in. We found the light. Um, it could have been a very, very demoralizing time. You know, we're, we're a community center first. We're about yeah. people connecting with people. Yes, the programming we offer is fantastic. It's educational. It's cultural. It's enriching. But the primary thing is about people coming together to be with people. And when the pandemic started and we were told we had to shut our doors and everybody had to go home, I was very concerned about our population, which is for the most part an older population. It's adults of all ages, but we do have many people in their 70s, 80s, 90s, even years in their hundreds, early hundreds. And I was very concerned that people were going to feel so lonely and isolated uh, at home, alone. 
Yeah. And that certainly was a possibility. And we very quickly figured out that we had to go online. I had never heard of Zoom until this all <laughs> happened. Most of us had not. And right. Zoom has become a daily part of everybody's life. Yeah. And we figured out, we started with our book club, and then one by one we started adding programs, our weekly classes. We have a wonderful class with Trudy Berlin, who's 98 years old, which you might have seen some of the press I, coverage I did. about. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was one of the wonderful stories that came out yeah. of all of this. She, you know, started doing her class online with my technical assistance, and it was really quite a journey for all of us, for me to figure out how to use all the technology, but then to get our our people to to log in, many of whom are not that comfortable with computers. Um, Maybe they check their email. Maybe they don't. We had to teach people to receive the email links um, and then know how to log on to Zoom, how to unmute themselves when they got there, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, you can imagine what the technical obstacles were. And little by little, we really sort of offered what we like to call concierge service. I like that. I I did make a note of that. that Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, we, we, first of all, as soon as the pandemic happened, obviously a lot of our staff were um, laid off, hopefully mostly temporarily, but some permanently. It was really Alan Nash and myself, my assistant director and myself, for close to 10 months working alone. And he and I spent hours on the phone with people helping them get onto Zoom. And then I conducted the classes on Zoom and we had lectures and we had films and we had very much a nice sampling of everything that we normally offer here, but all virtually. And we offered that free for basically from March until September. And then we figured out, obviously, we couldn't survive if everything is going to be offered free forever. Um, um, Salaries have to get paid and so on. We created a virtual membership. And for a very reasonable price, um, people could have a year's worth of virtual programming. We did not anticipate that we would be here almost two years later still doing virtual programming. We thought this was going to go on for a few months. Everybody thought so, you know. And then the ups and the downs of the pandemic, especially this past summer when we saw a real surge in numbers, we realized virtual is here to stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Even when we have people coming back to live programs, and we do now, uh, there are people who have joined us now from all over the country and even all over the world. We have people logging in from Canada, from Israel, um, and other places as well. So virtual really has you know, become a very big part of what we're doing and seems to be filling a huge need beyond the pandemic. Now, um, you're doing that. You're currently going to do are you you are doing a hybrid season where you have correct. some in person and some not is that that's right that is correct and what we mean by a hybrid season is we are doing some in person but we're also recording those programs we upgraded oh, our technical good. equipment in the theater so that we can record those programs and then offer it to our virtual members so our virtual yeah. members get an enormous amount for the $180 membership which is good for a whole year yeah that's very very reasonable very. Yeah. Uh, now, you raised funds during this time 
for the for an outdoor courtyard space. Would you yes. tell us a little bit about the courtyard space? Yes, thank you for asking about that. So we had hoped to be able to um, begin to do some outdoor programming, and then we realized we really did not have what we needed to do that. Um, you need some kind of a portable stage because the grass is lumpy, you know, and then you need lighting equipment and sound equipment. And we were able to raise some money from a very generous donor to upgrade that equipment so that we could out do some outdoor programming. And we started small this past spring. First of all, it's too hot much of the year to mm -hmm. do outdoor programming. But the yeah. spring was perfect. So February, March, April, um, we had several terrific outdoor programs and learned that we have this great space there that we had been underutilizing. Another silver lining of the pandemic, you know, uh, yeah. was realizing that we have this great space and there's no reason during certain months of the year we shouldn't be doing outdoor programming and that there's something lovely about Shakespeare Under the Stars, oh, which was absolutely. one of the programs we did. Or we called an, we had another one, Klezmer in the Courtyard. And these were just marvelous, marvelous programs. And we maintained social distancing because people still don't want to be sitting on top of one another no, and sure. re required people to wear face masks. And everybody was very, very happy to get out of the house and come and do it. Yeah. So this spring we will be doing that. Winter, spring we'll be doing outdoor programs as well and we're doing programming indoors but we are still maintaining social distancing and oh, limited that's audiences that's and good. face and face masks are required uh, while people are in the building now yeah. I'm noticing that you you personally have hosted 65% of ongoing programs and 100% of lectures how in the world have you managed your time. Well, That's huge. Thank you. Yeah, it is huge. And so for many months it was just me and Alan. Fortunately, uh, we were able to bring back some of our staff and we are back in the building in in the offices, not working from home anymore. And we do have a small, I call them a small but mighty staff. Um, mm -hmm. They really are terrific. And so I have other people helping me with a lot of the logistics of emails and um, room reservations and you know logistical things which helps a lot. I personally love to be involved with as many of the programs as I can because the beauty of my job is I get to program things that I love and that I'm interested in. Uh -huh. So so it's never boring for me. I am um, talking about books or showing films or have speaking interviewing a lecturer that are people that I want to talk to yeah. um, about about subjects that I want to talk about. So it's more than more than my pleasure to do so. But yes, it's been very busy. Um, and you and have some some really interesting speakers: Michael J. Fox, John Grisham, Bill Gates. Um, yes, and, and let me just tell you about those. Yes, thank you. We're part of a literary consortium that is uh, run by an, uh, the, all of the JCCs of North America. Many, many participate in it. And so luckily, I don't have to do all of that programming myself. It would not be possible. Right. But when you have the, the power of a group of JCCs, you can attract somebody like a Michael J. Fox or John Grisham because they know that 20 
JCCs will be participating, and it's a lot yeah. of a very big audience. Yeah. So that's been beautiful. But locally, we have done a tremendous amount of programming on our own, and some of our most popular speakers, such as Robert Watson from Lynn University, who whenever we have him here in person, it always sells out. He did four or five programs for us throughout the pandemic uh, virtually, and now he's back in the building. We had Aaron Kula and the Klezmer Company Jazz Orchestra, which is also oh, nice. very popular locally. They performed in our courtyard, and they did virtual programs, and we have him coming for a program on Christmas Eve day. He does oh. a program for us. So, wow. yeah. Um, uh, there is a talk, lot going on. Let's talk a little bit about Trudy Berlin, who is 98, mm-hmm. is that right? Who yes, does, Trudy. She hosts the Ladies, the ladies Room. room. Right. Yes, the program is called The Ladies Room, and I've been trying to get the name changed forever because it sounds like the restroom to me, The Ladies <laughs> Room. <laughs> you know what? You but, have something there. <laughs> I have something there. <laughs> but, but, but everybody knows it as the ladies' room, and I can't get it changed. Yeah. Trudy yeah. is remarkable. She is 98 years old. She has been doing this program for as long as I've been involved at the JCC, which is at least 25 years that she's been doing this program. It was always a person, of course, prior to the pandemic, and it was a wonderful group of women who came together once a week and discussed every topic imaginable that would be of interest to women, whether it was politics or finances or personal issues, family issues, dealing with your adult children, uh, dealing with loss, uh, dealing with all kinds of things. And it became a real, almost like a support group. Um, where the women became very closely attached to one another, bonded to each other, and frequently would go out for lunch after the class and then come back in the afternoon for another program. That sort of a thing. Yes, and so real relationships developed over the years. And then again, as I said, when the pandemic hit, what was going to happen to these people who were used to seeing each other in this very loving, supportive environment week after week? And I called Trudy very reluctantly because I didn't think she she'd say yes to me, would you consider doing this on Zoom? And she was, you know, her response was, what's Zoom? How are we (laughs) going to do that? I don't understand. I mean, because she's not technologically savvy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but we figured it out, and I, I was in my house in Parkland, and she was in her apartment here in Boca, and we did it on Zoom. took a while. We had a few practice sessions, and then we got everybody on. Eventually, when we were able to open the building again, she does it from here, which is much better because the Wi-Fi is good and, oh, and so yeah. on. Yeah. But anyway, she's continued, as I say, for more than 18 months now, doing this program via Zoom. And it attracted people from all over the country because we did get some national press for it, Mm -hmm. which was just kind of a fluke the way these things happen sometimes. But a story got to the Washington Post in the strangest way about the Oprah of Boca. <laughs> and, and and from there, the AP picked it up, and we, she was on a couple of podcasts um, and uh, got quite a bit of national press. So people joined us for this class from people who had never even heard of the JCC in Boca joined us for this class, and it was really pretty wonderful. And so now we have new friends, new members um, who are part of Trudy's class, and to be honest, some people are reluctant to go back to doing it in person because they won't be able to join us 
from wherever they are. So we're That's working again on a hybrid kind of a combination. Trudy will do the class in person twice a month and virtually twice a month oh, so that we good. don't lose contact with all the people we've met all over the country. Yeah, because your boundary ha- is way beyond the Palm Beaches. It's, uh, yeah. uh, your, your reach is, is, has gone. It's, it's wide now. Uh, it's become uh, wide. It really yeah. has, and that's thanks in part to the virtual for sure. Um, you know, um, the other thing that's happened over the two years is our audience um, has, has gotten two years older. And so some people who might have driven before may not be driving now, and now they can join us virtually. Or they might not want to drive at night, so they can join us virtually. So there's a lot to be said for virtual. Isn't it amazing how something, how life finds a way? It's it's just when it it has amazed me through all of this, how things have changed and morphed. And will they go back has been our question. My husband and I, will it go back or will it stay? It's just life finds that path. And it has been so interesting through this pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, as good as it's all been with the virtual, there is nothing like being together in the same room. That's right. And, you know, receiving a hug from somebody you Mm -hmm. haven't seen in two years. And and we're really enjoying having people coming back to live programs as well. And we're trying to make it as safe and comfortable for people as possible. But as you know yourself, if you look around the county, places are busy, restaurants mm-hmm. are busy, people yeah. are going out, they are. Um, and they are returning to theaters like the Kravis Center and the Broward yeah. Center and all of that. So yeah. we're looking forward to having them returning to us as well. Um, and one of the things we talk about a lot is that we have to support the arts, all of us. Oh, it's so important, yeah. Because we have all had a rough couple of years, yeah. and unless people start returning to theaters and lectures and films, there's no way that these organizations can survive. So true. Um, so we, so on the one hand, virtual is here to stay. On the other hand, we must support the arts in person as well. That is absolute truth. What What do people need to know that's coming up? Next, what what should they be aware of? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I mentioned earlier Aaron Kula and the Klezmer Company Jazz Orchestra. They're doing a beautiful program here live on Christmas Eve day. Okay. So that's 3 o'clock on um, the Friday the 24th. Okay. And tickets are available for that. We have live theater that's begun. We're finishing a program called Fully Committed, which is ending this weekend. But the next show on deck is um, same time next year, which most people are quite familiar with. Yes, definitely. Um, Yeah, and that's happening in December. We have Steel Magnolias coming up. and a play called um, God of Isaac. That's the balance of our theater season. We have lectures galore, adult education on practically every topic you can imagine. But in particular, I want to mention that we have Ira Rosen, who was a producer of 60 Minutes for many decades, coming to speak in person about the behind the scenes at 60 Minutes. Oh, interesting. um, Yes, he, um, he has written a book about his experience at 60 Minutes, and that's going to be very interesting. That program is mm. called Ticking Clock, and uh, it's in January, January 31st. Okay. And our website has a virtual version of our brochure, lettucejcc.org. That's what I wanted you to do, tell people how to reach you, how to, okay. how to get in contact. 
Absolutely. Well, first of all, the website, www.levisjcc.org. Or the easiest thing to do is call the front desk and we can mail a brochure, 561-558-2520. And if anyone wants to speak to me personally, the front desk will transfer them to me, Stephanie Owitz, and I would love to hear from people. Good. Very good. Um, such a such a, a fascinating uh, facility that you have with such wide ranging programs. It's so great to to know that you, as well as your team, sometimes just being the one other team member, uh, could mm-hmm. could do all the great work that you oh, thank that you, you guys are doing. It it really is wonderful. I do want to uh, mention something about you though on. A, a little bit more of a personal note, if you don't sure. mind, before we wrap Not up. Not at all. Um, I was intrigued by an artist that you are a fan of, as I was doing my research on you. And you have two pieces of art by this artist, Michelle. Is, am I saying this right? Kingan? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Wow, you have done your research. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved uh, your 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 dog that you lost, uh, your lab. Aww. Is it y- y- Yanni? Yoni, uh, yeah. Yeah, Yoni and uh, and then the the beautiful beautiful the man with the hat. Oh, uh, yes, you are so observant. Yes, so let me tell you about Michelle. First of all, we have a gallery here at the JCC Sandler Center, and we do exhibitions all the time throughout the year. But one of the exhibitions was a biennial art exhibition, and a lovely woman submitted the man with the hat that you're referring to, and I fell in love with the painting and bought it. I did not know Michelle, but she came to the opening, and it was already sold to me, and I met Michelle at the opening. She is an adult with developmental disabilities who lives at JARC, which is the Jew- Jewish Association for Residential Care, on the same campus here as the JCC. It's independent living apartments, and she lives in those apartments. So she's a woman who has overcome a tremendous amount in her life, emotionally and psychologically and physically and has become the most wonderful artist as you say her paintings are just the the man with the hat is one of my favorite things Mm, and then she painted it's absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. and she painted this beautiful portrait of my dog who died recently and she's now working on a portrait of my German Shepherd (laughs) I have become a collector of Michelle's work um, (laughs) and I recommend her so if anyone is interested in a terrific artist who could do a portrait of your dog or a person (laughs) contact me about Michelle well it (laughs) it really she's become a very special friend of mine over the years as well which makes it so nice when you c- can collect from someone and you know their story. It's even more meaningful. Um, yes, I do is. thank you so much, but I do want to end with something that someone else uh, wrote about you, which oh. is um, that the Sandler Center is even stronger than before and ready to once again greet and connect with the members in person. Stephanie oh. rose to the challenge during the pandemic and continues to serve as a trusted friend and guiding light to the community. We're back to that light, the thing we started with at the very beginning. So true. So very true. And How lovely. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining the podcast today. I greatly appreciate your time because it's I know how delightful. busy you are. <laughs> it's really been delightful. Thanks so much. Thank you. And everyone, you know what to do. Always 
our podcast can be found at NorthPalmBeachLife.com, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, and so many platforms. I can't even name them here because it takes up too much time. We appreciate you so much for being here. Visit our YouTube channel by the same name, NorthPalmBeachLife.com. Stephanie, thank you once again. It was an honor to have you today. Thank you, Pam. And everyone else, be sure and come back. If this is your first time at GD in the 561, I appreciate you. If you're a returning listener, you know how much I appreciate that. This is Pam Barker, GD in the 561. It's my podcast. Stay tuned.